0: Hey, what's up? It's your Friday episode of Locked on Raptors. And for today's show, we are going to do another mailbag edition of the podcast. On Tuesday, when I did a mailbag, it did two segments worth of questions, and it just was not enough to meet the demand. There were like 30 questions that came in on Tuesday. So... Katie Heindel is here to help me plow through the remainder of at least uh, you know, a good chunk of them. We're not going to get to all 30 today, but we'll still get to some of them. So if you have sent in questions this week, thank you. And it's a surprise. You might get your question read on the podcast today after not having a read on Tuesday. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Oh, like because when I shot it, I expected to make it. So like I don't shoot
1: kind of miss. So. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day.
0: going on? Welcome to episode number 1106 of Locked on Raptors for Friday, January the 28th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. we got tons of stuff for you covering every team in the Big Four sports and the major college programs, and all of our podcasts are free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube, so please go hit that big red subscribe button. It's very helpful and makes me feel good inside when you support my show and all the other Locked On shows out there. And as always, a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right. As promised, it is a mailbag episode digging into the backlog of questions that came in on Tuesday. I looked at the tweet prompt in the morning where I was like, I need a couple more questions. And there were 30 replies. So we got something to dig into here. We're not going to get to all of them, of course, but we will get to a good chunk with Katie Heindel, who is here from Dime, from Yahoo Sports, from basketball feelings from dishes and dimes from taking over the damn world katie how's it going
2: it's going good good morning uh
0: (laughs) what else that's it (laughs) that's it yeah you're always taught in uh in podcasting school which is a thing now uh you're always taught to not just say how you doing to your guests and instead just dive right into the content I like to leave it a little bit for possibility. Who knows what could be going on in someone's life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I just that's feel fine.
2: I guess it's just like <laughs> you know some Fridays you're like I just really feel that it's the end of the week.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling the weight of Monday through Thursday on your shoulders. Yeah, I totally mm-hmm. get that. Uh it's all right, Katie. We got a lot of mailbag questions to get to in today. Get into today. So I don't have to spend too much time talking about our personal day-to-day. Uh, we should probably however hit on a bit of news that not it's not really tied to the Raptors because the probably is going to be next week where it's actually Raptors involved, but the All Star Starters came out last night, Katie. And uh, Fred Van Vliet was not part of the Raptors starting crew, it seemed as though he had a shot. You saw some media ballots coming out, and he was on a lot of them, uh, as the backcourt partner to DeMar DeRozan, which boy, oh boy, that would have been a ton of fun. And I think for sentimental reasons. Everyone should have voted Fred and DeMar as the starting backcourt, but uh, are you left at all concerned, Katie, after the voting, after the fact that Andrew Wiggins was named a starter in the Western Conference, after uh, the fact that on the TNT broadcast, the uh, panel was like very heavy on Tyler Hero and Miles Bridges as their all-stars and not guys who are far more deserving? Is there any worry for you now that Fred Van VanVleet might not get on the reserve crew?
2: Uh, well, first, I'll quibble with that. Miles Bridges is incredibly deserving of an all-star berth. But yes, the flip, the flip but- side to all of that mm-hmm. is, like, it's all-star. And I think, I mean, one, I think sense will prevail when it comes to Fred. I think mm-hmm. he'll still get in as a reserve. It's important. Um, but fan voting is fan voting. Like, it's a crapshoot, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this is what happens when, you know, teams in big markets um, have fans vote for them like even fred (laughs) like there was definitely a rising tide um with fred and i Mm -hmm. thought that that would translate to the fan voting part of it but like we unfortunately can't really compete with a lot of even like small american markets that's just the reality of numbers you know i know they like tried to sort of overhaul the fan voting uh system this year it didn't really seem like they did it too good of a job Uh, (laughs) i am also of the mind i don't know i feel like Two players from the same team should not make it to the All Star
0: team. Oh, you're a one person from twelve teams person.
2: Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, it sucks because some years it's like maybe there wouldn't, maybe there'd be two people very deserving of it on the same team. Mm -hmm. But if you want to see new faces in the All Star game and you want it to be a little bit more diplomatic, Mm -hmm. uh, then that's kind of one way to do it. But I think Fred will Fred will still end up there. I think as a reserve, you know, unless. Um, greater powers have lost their minds, but <laughs> yeah. I get, it's not a hundred, it's like not entirely surprising. Cause I feel like I'm never surprised by all-star voting anymore.
0: Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess the flip side is, you know, the Raptors fan base in the past has had, like, uh, very insane voting campaigns. You know, Vince Carter, I think, still holds the record for, like, the most votes ever received. True. um, At least by inflation. Uh, (laughs) You've got, like, you know, Lowry got voted in as a starter. DeMar did once or twice. So, like, they've had, and, and, you know, Kawhi, too. Pascal was a starter. Yeah, they've had a pretty damn good run of voting in people as starters and so i'm not terribly worried like i I think you know trey young is gonna get the votes to be a starter you know that's just kind of how it works and fred was not high in the fan voting so even if he was high in the 25 percent portion of the media voting or the player voting it just was not going to overcome that fan it's the inverse wiggins really like wiggins did so well with the fans that it was he was just never falling out (laughs) so good for him i suppose um You know, back to your point about Bridges. Yes, Bridges Bridges is deserving, but also I think he's the second most deserving player on his own team behind Lamelo. Um, he's what? And the second? I think,
2: I I think I, Lamelo
0: is probably. I, I mean, Lamelo is the reason why Miles that. Bridges okay. has all of the dunks, but that's fine. That's not true. To- <laughs> that's not true.
2: As someone who uh, I will just say a little bit behind the curtain here has just written an extensive feature on Miles Bridges and interviewed um, quite a few people around him and the team. It's not true, but no, right.
0: fair enough. No, I mean you've done the uh, you've done the digging. That's cool. Uh, either way, I don't think Miles Bridges will make the team. I think Fred will. I think uh, you know we'll see. I mean the coaches are going to be picking this one, right? So the, I think Fred feels like coach pick material more than basically anybody really i mean he's like a walking coach so i i still hold out pretty good hope pascal feels like it might be a little bit too late in terms of his campaign even though i think he's been playing better than a lot of the guys who are probably gonna get on that's fine um just wanted to hit on that as that was a bit of news that dropped last night the reserves will be announced next week uh let's dive into a mailbag question here to start things off tied to the all-star thing and then we will get to some more mailbag questions about the raptors this one comes from jay Rosales. he asked can all-star announcements be made in a cooler way other than just the tnt broadcast can we send a barbershop quartet to their home or have it engraved on an electric guitar something else clevelandy what ways could the nba go about spicing up the way they deliver the all-star starters katie
2: yeah, for like an All-Star that um people I don't seem particularly amped up about. Um mm-hmm. with like I feel like it's very understandable. Um mm-hmm. they could have I agree with this Jay. They could have done the announcements in a more exciting way. Mm-hmm. I'm not a barbershop quartet person. Um <laughs> I also don't really get the logic of that in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But mm-hmm. fair. Um but yeah, why don't you have uh, impersonators dressed up Like you got Jimi Hendrix, you got a Prince impersonator maybe you get an (laughs) Axl Rose impersonator and they, they go, um, I guess, sure. They can go to maybe not their houses. That feels a bit invasive, (laughs) but maybe to the locker room after practice.
1: Uh,
2: and then they'll go in and then they'll just be like doing a guitar solo. No context. The team won't know what's going on. And then, um, I don't know why I picture, but like someone lifting up a long scroll unfurling mm-hmm. and I will say I, hear By I decree, de- Robinson, decree- yeah I guess the I'm piano mixing piano the All-Star I'm mixing year. genres <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing uh made up genres of uh, music in medieval times but um uh-huh. I feel like that could that could work.
0: I like it. I mix the Cavaliers with the Cleveland Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. I think that it totally works. I think why not do a little amalgam? Um, you know, I guess Steven Tyler walking into Darius Garland's office, being like, You would all stop!
2: Right now, yeah, and I think he'd do it. He he seems like he's he would be game and yeah, he could yeah. probably use some walking around money.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that is, uh, yeah, surprising people at home. Doing the Pimp My Ride thing, I think, is the the way to do this. And then they can get those videos and then just make a little montage to air on the TNT broadcast. But I agree with Jay. Do it away from the TV broadcast. Give us something fun and juicy. Uh, we're going to continue on here, Katie, and dig into some more mailbag questions from the lovely listeners out there. But first, want to tell people about our friends over at BetOnline.ag. Which is the fastest and easiest way and the greatest way to bet on all your favorite sports? There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scored totals, from scores totals to player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all things nfl betting in 2022 and with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up at today you can see a 50 receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use that promo code locked on that we've been telling you about for a very long time with Bet online and it'll get you started that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n all one word and it's not just football. Bet online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds cover. Coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one wagering destination. And look, you can even bet on if you want to wake up and throw some money down on some European soccer or some basketball over in Turkey or something like that. You can throw some money on that too. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online is where the game starts.
1: Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: And we continue on with your first listen of the day here with Locked On Raptors. Katie Heindel hanging out, answering some mailbag questions. Let's dig in here, Katie. This one comes from uh, Eric Morris at Epic Mop. It's a pretty interesting one. Have you seen any specific strategies from teams the Raptors have played that you think they should slash could adopt with their current roster. A little basketball theory. Katie, do you have any inklings on this one? This is a really good question from Eric.
2: Yeah, I would I would honestly just say the Hornets to make you angry, but yeah. I'm not going to do that.
0: <laughs> I'm not angry about the Hornets, Katie. I ain't got I nothing wrong. They're it. really cool. They I, throw, I, I just it. said LaMelo Ball is a deserving all-star. I like the Hornets, okay? <laughs>
2: Fair. Um, what I actually think is kind of interesting is that uh, what the Heat are doing Mm-hmm. the heat are doing it out of necessity but what spolster is doing with the heat has flashes of what 2019 2020 raptors had to do at the beginning mm-hmm. of that season the honest to god would have been a repeat season if not yep. for covid um mm-hmm. and some injuries but i think that just this um like they are i mean they're just like smothering on both yes. ends and they're like they're they're like man-to-man defense is wild to the point where they're just like pushing. Like if you watch them, they're just like pushing guys up to like the half court. Mm-hmm. Like they're not giving them a hope in hell, you know, of like getting into the paint. Um, I don't know that the Raptors, it's kind of interesting. I don't know that what I guess, like, you know, for technicality's sake, you should look at the the player type that the Raptors have and what they would mm-hmm. be capable of. I think that kind of and also the amount of games that they've played thus far, that starting lineup. That playing mm-hmm. that kind of defense would probably exhaust an already exhausted team. Yeah. So let's not do that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I, like off the top of my head, the, the teams that are playing really well, I don't think that the Raptors can necessarily emulate that style of play.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a think really good point. They're equipped yeah. to
2: do that. And I, but I. I will say, I think that's actually fine. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's. It's in in the league now to be an anomaly, to be a team that doesn't necessarily have a ready comparison is a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, that. this is a thing I was digging into on yesterday's podcast when I kind of did a monologue about just how fun this very bizarre and flawed team is to watch. And it is because they are playing a kind of novel style. And I like that. They don't seem to be pulling too much influence from the rest of the league. Like, yes, mm-hmm. they're pulling some from like the small ball wave of previously this decade with, hey, you know, if you have smaller players that are more skilled, that's going to be good for you. Like abandoning the hulking seven footer, et cetera, et cetera. I don't necessarily think that is, um, you know, like a direct sort of derivation from the small ball wave because it's obviously very different and they're playing small ball huge. Um, as far as like strategies they could emulate, I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up the heat who, of course, the Raptors play tonight. Seems like Kyle Lowry is going to play. That'd be pretty cool. Um, even probably bad for the Raptors chances of winning, but still, uh, they, the heat have this just like reputation, I suppose as maniacs. And so they get a lot more like leeway. I think the Raptors just need to kind of level themselves up to that level of rep in order mm-hmm. to like cut into their foul disparity in most games and their sort of overzealousness and like get a little bit more leeway from the refs because people expect you to play like maniacs. And I think that is probably the the, the, the road the Raptors want to be on. And I mean, they seem to get that leeway most of the time when they play the Heat. Like, the refs just seem to be like, all right, well, these two teams are just going to punch each other for 48 minutes. We'll chill, <laughs> um, which should be very exciting. As much as these games make my stomach hurt, uh, they are a very good time. And so, yeah, that—that's. That, I'm glad you brought up the Heat as a reference point. It's very timely, Katie. How professional of you.
2: Um, I honestly even blanked <laughs> that, that that was happening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't say the quiet part loud. That's fine. Everyone just is going on. I just want to be honest genius, with people. They should. That's all. That's fine. Uh, let's continue <laughs> on. This next question comes from Daniel at dramos seven under seven seven underscore seven, who asks, "What would it take for the Raptors to get Derek White from the Spurs? I think he's exactly what we need." PBH uh Derek White his name's been kind of floating around in rumors uh just a heads up next week on the podcast I'll be joined by Corbin Ford wonderful Spurs podcast we're going to dig into the potential guys the Raptors might want to pluck from the Spurs roster including Purdo, Lonnie Walker and perhaps Derek White Jr not Derek what is it Derek White Jr who's something White Jr D- disregard me uh <laughs> I'm having a meltdown. Uh, Derek White, Katie, uh, potentially an interesting target for you to add to the Raptors guard rotation. Is it too much clutter to throw in there with Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet? Um, What's your sort of read on Derek White Jr.? What do you think it would take to get him from the Spurs?
2: Uh, I'm entirely biased when it comes to which Spur the Raptors should be targeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is Lonnie Walker. But (laughs) I will say, uh, just like size wise and kind Mm -hmm. of the versatility that you haven't necessarily got to see lonnie walker use uh, on the spurs yet because why would he in that system uh he Mm. could actually be a good fit but that wasn't the question so Mm. (laughs) um i guess i'm i don't see the need to bring in another guard okay yeah i i think i think gary has played to such a high like higher standard than I think even the team had set for him, uh, going into the season that you want to reward him. Yeah. If the idea is like to get, to give him a break, you know, and like to, to have like another backup. So Fred's not running himself into the ground. Okay. I see it. It just seems like, um, if you're going to go after someone like who's substantially going to change the 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 shape of the team and the way that the team plays and then thereby like their opportunities you know, in mm-hmm. the regular season, I think that's what you save these kind of midseason moves for. And that's typically, I think, what Masai Ujiri has saved these midseason moves for. A Derek White move, to me, seems more of like a toggling. Yeah. And to me, that's like a summertime move. Yeah. But that might just be recency bias. I totally admit it. Um, but yeah I don't think I don't think a guard is like to me my number one thing on the list
0: yeah seems like a very
2: sweet guy though
0: yeah look I think you know they could use another guard sure just for extra ball handling and take the alleviate like alleviate some of the pressure on (laughs) Fred Van Vliet but I mean they seem pretty content to roll Siakam and Scotty Barnes out there as the secondary ball handlers when Fred's not on the floor and I think that's the right thing to do we're in a season of discovery a season of learning what the limits of these guys are and i think it's totally fine i mean siakam has been damn good in that role and i don't think you're bringing in a guard who you would rather be your secondary offensive engine behind fred you know who's going to be better than siakam and so i i'm I'm with you i think guard is kind of A lesser need. You know, a Mm -hmm. center would be nice, I suppose, just for some diversity of options, even though it might be a bit of a clutter. Uh, I I still think the you know, a wing shooter is what is needed most. And so, you know, Derek White, I think, is kind of, you know, oscillated back and forth between being a good and bad three-point shooter in his career. He's 30 to under 30% this season, not exactly what the Raptors desperately need as a team that has very few, very good three-point shooters right now. Um, and even Lonnie Walker, this season has kind of fallen off. He's been above mm-hmm. average for his entire career. I actually like the, and the, the... I'm going to be pitching to Corbin next week the idea of a Lonnie Walker and Jakob Pertle package. Cause I kind of think that's a perfect checks, both boxes of what the Raptors need right now, which is some rim protection and, and an actual center alongside a wing who can come off the bench and supply a little bit of, you know, microwave scoring. I think that is kind of what the Raptors need the most. And so Derek white, not really for me, but I do think there's a Spurs uh, sort of collection of guys out there who could really help the Raptors and who I will uh, discuss next week on the podcast when Corbin jumps on, uh, couple more questions here to dig into the this next one uh blah, 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 comes from cameron hilton the raptors half court offense is atrocious atro- atrocious and easily the team's worst link weakest link how <laughs> do we fix it very uh, no mincing words here from cameron even though i minced them by not being able to read properly yeah. uh his <laughs> words are very direct the offense stinks how do they fix it katie
2: this is a bit tough and i don't know (laughs) because i think some of this just has to do with fatigue like general fatigue like how well are you going to be able to execute you know the raptors haven't necessarily been the best i guess they're like fair to good in transition but i think sometimes things get a little bit strung out you know
0: yeah they Uh, are like in transition so much that their numbers are good even though they're not like the most deadly transition team yeah
2: yeah so um I don't know. Sorry. Like this is a, t- this is really, it's, it's, <laughs> it's tough because right now you don't have the, the backup, I guess, in Nick from Nick Nurse's perspective, you don't have the competent backup players that you would need to fit in and kind of fill in the blanks where you need them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and to mm-hmm. like give your starters a rest uh, and to credit to the starters. Like, I think they're very tired, but I don't think they, I think they wouldn't just be like, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And I wouldn't say like this might be too silver lining it, but I wouldn't say that the offense is like there's much worse in the NBA right now. Um, (laughs) And I think where things are falling apart with the Raptors is actually where it seems like they're trying things, which is never Mm -hmm. like disheartening to me because that's what you want to do with a young team that you're trying to develop. You want to push the ceiling of capability, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't get mad when they kind of like these games are for the most part quite close, which is very frustrating. Um, and it sucks to not be able to finish games, but again, I think that's a that's a bit of a calling card of like a a team that's half young and then like going through g- growing pains and trying to sort of figure out what their actual ad- identity is altogether. Which is a mm-hmm. lot to say that like I don't know, but I also don't think they're on the worst track. Yeah. Um, of like of how to get there, and I think you know to the question prior, something will happen mm-hmm. uh, at the deadline. And it will have to have an eye, right, on like um, offensive offensive capabilities and like sustained offensive
0: capabilities. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I also think you know I have two answers to this. One is uh, don't have Gary Trent Jr. out of the lineup because I, I think the most sort of hilariously bad offense performances of the last couple weeks all came while Gary Trent Jr. was out. And I'll reiterate the stat. Which I've said a couple times on this podcast. On court this year, the Raptors have 113.9 offensive rating when Gary Trent Jr. plays. When he is off the court, the Raptors have 104.3 offensive rating. It's the worst off court offensive rating of any player on the team. It's a difference of 9.6 points per 100 possessions. He makes the offense good. So mm-hmm. have Gary Trent healthy is uh, number one. Number two, I, I think you know it, it is just a matter of reps in a lot of ways, right? Like we we've talked all season long, and we may never get to see this team healthy for longer than three games at a time. Might just be out the window at this point. But I do think like the core four guys still have not had a ton of time to work together, figure out you know who is like what the pecking order is, mm-hmm. how to play off of one another. And I think that stuff will come with time. I think you need more of the Siakam and Bar- and Barnes connection, and those guys figuring out how to play off of one another. And it's gone pretty well so far. I think there's still a lot more to be mined there. And I also just think like Scotty Barnes, as he gets better, he will sort of open things up because he will become more of a threat to score with the ball in his hands, and that will open up things passing lane-wise, and boy, Scotty Barnes with passing lanes is the thing that very much excites me. So, yeah, they got to hopefully make some sort of addition to just add a little extra shooting. I think shooting, as we've seen with the value of Gary Trent Jr., the shooting is very important to helping things kind of get greased on this offense. And if they can add another shooter or two of some kind, I think that would go a long way to kind of making things pretty stable. But, you know, we say that their offense is bad and yes, their half court offense is near the bottom of the league, but they remain uh, pretty high up in the overall offensive charts, still kind of flirting with top 10 because of that really high transition volume that we've kind of talked about. Um, Katie, we'll Gary continue on. Turn, oh, yeah.
2: I was just going to say, yeah. who knew Gary would turn into such an organizer
0: yeah I love it's it. uh i love it's, it it's really that you, you think oh, spacing who needs spacing that's, that's stuff for the the quants but it's like oh when the defense has to guard gary trent jr very closely instead of giving him eight feet of space so they can come and get in pascal c ockham's way basketball pretty simple sport as it turns out uh <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna continue on and get into a couple more mailbag questions to close out the show with katie heinel but first want to tell you about our pals over at built bar who making the best tasting protein bars money can buy they are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and they are a wonderful way to help you get back in the swing of eating right in the new year you can replace your treats and your your candy stashes with built bars and be just as happy because they're very indulgent they feel like you're cheating but you're not at all most built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein compare that to your run-of-the-mill candy bar which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And look, I love myself a candy bar. My favorite candy bar is, people think this is weird, but it's crunchy. It's like the toffee one. Uh, there's nothing good in that for me. It's just sugar covered in chocolate that's going to ruin my teeth. I can just have a Bilt Bar. It's going to be way better for me. It probably tastes better too, even though I am a big fan of that sweet, sweet sponge toffee. There is a, a Bilt Bar flavor for everybody as well. There's the, the, the sort of chocolatey, savory, the, the, the sort of indulgent flavors. You've got the fruity flavors as well for a little bit of a nice, bright flavor sensation. I don't know how I'm describing flavor palettes right now, but that's what I'm doing. Go go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Go check our pals out.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama.
0: All right, Katie. We will round out the show here with. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I got to ask you, Katie. Uh, your I like a Kit Kat. Kit Kat. All right, <laughs> you knew where I was going. We do yeah. a lot of podcasts together, as it turns out. It's simpatico, Katie. It's what we I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kit Kat like is a Kit Kit good Kat. one though.
2: Kit Kat yeah. was like a childhood fave that has um, mm-hmm. come, like, just stayed, stayed with me, it stayed yeah. strong. I, I don't mind a crunchy though. I don't think you're super yeah. weird on that.
0: It's, it's a slept on bar. It's, uh, it's really good. It hurts the teeth, but uh, boy, it really hits the spot sometimes. It feels kind of light, but it's not as good as a built bar. Um, I, I was going to say myself. So I think I got like uh, sort of like Pavloved into liking Kit Kats when I was a youth uh, when I was in high school a geography teacher his name was mr mcbride and he would uh, have a bring a kit kat chunky chocolate bar to school every day and there would be some sort of trivia question about the lesson we had done that he would ask to the class and me being the geography dork that i was everyone else hated this class i adored it i ended up winning the chocolate bar more often than not it drove people insane but (laughs) i had all the dumb facts that you need to win those chocolate bars and so Every day I would get like the salivary glands going. It's like, oh, it's Kit Kat time. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> it's let's fire up the, the answer cute. to this trivia question. It was a good time. Yeah, I it's like tied to your because it's I'm like a tied to your boy.
2: confidence and your, you know, like your, your knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think that's nice. I'm sure yeah, every Kit Kat been- would also <laughs> love to hear that.
0: Every time I'm doing bar trivia, I just have a little, little hankering for that, that uh, crispy, <laughs> delicious Kit Kat Chunky chocolate bar. Um, let's get back into the mailbag questions here. Katie, this one comes from the Norse Goddess of Basketball, who asks, if we can get a center, who should it be? Uh, look, there's lots of dudes out there. The center market is hot. The, the, they're kind of like uh, everyone has a center they want to trade not everybody needs a center that's kind of the way we are in today's nba katie the deadline is less than two weeks away i know uh, that like talking trades is not necessarily your favorite activity in the world so i appreciate you for indulging in this uh is there a center out there who you got your eye on who you think could help the raptors and address some of their needs
2: you know it's so sad like we had the two best centers in the NBA. Uh huh. We had them both, uh, like uh-huh. on the same team twice, uh-huh. and both of them wanted to stay. <laughs> and now they're gone. We've lost them mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. So here we are, um, pretending that positionless basketball is what we really wanted all along. <laughs> Maybe it is. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not super mad at the idea of getting Jakob back. I mm-hmm. think he's developed into a really like. And again, I but I think some of this comes from just like the Raptors tree, mm-hmm. you know. Like you can ask him to do a lot of things you wouldn't necessarily be able to ask like a more traditional center to do. I don't think he is a, a super like strict traditional center in that way. But actually, I don't think anyone in the modern kind of NBA is. Yeah, um, I don't There's really. There's no think perks he can hanging be. out there
0: anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> really think you
2: can be. Um, that's kind of it. Right. Like that's that that to me feels like someone who is already sort of familiar enough, but has also been away long enough that they're not stepping back into the same system. They've developed their own game on their own. Um, So they they're bringing skills to the table. Right. And a different skill set that's much Mm -hmm. more fully formed than when they left. Uh, And everybody likes that guy.
0: I love that guy. I would love to be able to talk to that guy about pick and roll coverages again because he's the only one who would ever indulge you when you ask him about it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> would be great not to just be the only uh, Austrian, you know, in in Raptors basketball anymore.
0: There they you go. The Weight of that. Did you really? ever mind that connection at all, Katie? For anything, you ever walk up and start Hammer. speaking German to him? You bring no, some uh, strudels speak, to him in the I locker room. I speak no. German,
2: but I would bring him a strudel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, haven't you ever seen that picture I did where it's like Jacob on draft night, and he's wearing the hat, and I drew yellow paint hair and bangs no, coming down from the hat. I don't think hat? I
0: have seen that. No, oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a masterpiece. This is meaning
0: to be like your hair. Is this? What, is mm-hmm. This is what I'm getting picking up. It's oh, a, okay,
2: it's a fusion. It's a fusion of the two of us. I can finally yeah. show it to him when he comes back. I'm <laughs> and am him. He'll wish he never did.
0: Yeah, I like Yak. Um, well, so here's my thing, and this has been my thing with the center question all season long, is I don't think that you bring in a center to like shake up the starting five right now, unless it is a center who is like really changing your life in a big, meaningful way. You know, I've sort of waxed poetic about how Carl Anthony Towns is like my white whale for the rest of time, and it'd be a perfect fit on this team. I can't even get over how good of a fit it would be yada 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 that's not happening obviously the mm-hmm. wolves are good they're, they're not true trading towns so put that bed, bed dream to bed for now and I, I think honestly when it comes to like the long-term center of the future i don't think the raptors are picking them up this year i think they're just going to kind of wait and see what they have with this lack of center lineup and hey maybe it bears out that it's not something that's a sustainable winning formula going forward and they adapt in the offseason but that's what the point is right it's take this season to figure out hey Can this work in the modern NBA? Can we find some sort of avenue to working without a center? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen Scotty Barnes do center things quite well. He's a nice role man. He's been able to kind of scale up, I think, as like a rim protector and a backline defender. So
2: keep on giving Scotty
0: Barnes reps. And
2: Kem. Yeah, yeah, like when Kem's not having his face broken on court, you know, or like Kem's just had like the worst luck this season. But like when Kem's played... Mm -hmm. like more than a capable center you know
0: yeah yeah and then so for me like when you're bringing in a center it has to be kind of a sweet spot right where you're not there's no center out there who's changing your life in a huge way i don't think and so like miles turner for example doesn't quite do it for me i think he's too good you'd have to give up too much to land Mm -hmm. him and like too much from your like current core of guys you probably have to give up one of trent or og to get a Miles Turner right now. And I don't think you're doing that. I think that's just something you're staying clear from. So if you can get a Yakup pertle without giving up a core piece, and he can be someone who you bring in in a situation where you need a center, he can be your Embiid stopper, he can be your sort of backline rim protector when you desperately need it, when you're getting crushed at the rim, like, sure. I don't think I'm changing the starting lineup for Yakup pertle as good as he is. Like, I would just rather them play small. And I am concerned about the free throw shooting with Yak. As much as I love Yakup pertle he is a... 44% free throw shooter this season. That has been a problem for the Raptors already this year. They've lost three or four games at the line. And I think it's pretty dicey to have Yaka Hurdle playing crunch time minutes for you because that's just opening teams up to hacking him. So it's a tricky one. If you could add Yakapurtle without totally changing the future sort of uh, horde of stuff you have for trades and, and your draft picks and all that, I think, yes, go ahead and do it. But I do think it is going to be tricky to do that because he's going to be a hot commodity and he's very, very good. And he's probably like the third best defensive center alive right now and that is going to cost you a lot so it might not be super attainable as much as i think it'd be a nice fit to add an extra option to the team it just feels like a a needle that's a little too tricky to thread for your raptors uh katie any parting shots we have reached the end of the mailbag questions thanks everyone for sending them in it's very much appreciated. any last thoughts here any thoughts on raptors heat tonight katie before we wrap up the show
2: um well i hope uh the Commenter who mentioned my really shitty internet connection <laughs> is satisfied with the internet <laughs> upgrade that I've uh-huh, uh-huh. gotten. So far, so good. It seems to us. So we'll see. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think there was one little hiccup, but that might have been because my end got all slow, slow, and loopy. So you're all set. Yeah. Um, Excellent. It's wonderful. Yeah.
2: So just sh- and and I'll, I'll preface that too with like I don't usually read the comments, but that one I did, and I heard you <laughs> because I also hated it. Um, <laughs> as for the game tonight it'll of course be bittersweet. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I know Kyle's been out, so I hope everything is okay. Uh, on that, on that end of things. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, of course, like a small part of me is like, it you know, this is much different than I think Raptors fans would have anticipated this matchup, you know, this mm-hmm. matchup kind of happening as, uh, but that's sort of, I guess what's happening this year. So we just got to roll with the punches.
0: Yes, they certainly do. Um, yeah, right now Kyle Lowry is listed as uh, out. Um, so okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's not the best. That's not ideal, of course. Uh, am I wrong? They set these out against the Clippers tonight. Do the Raptors not play the Heat tonight? Have I totally uh, <laughs> dropped the ball on this Are you thinking of their one? next
2: game? In no, they Toronto? play the
0: Heat. They play the Heat tomorrow night. Yeah. Ah, I thought it was tonight. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh.
2: <laughs> it's because they it's because of the the games they missed on the schedule yeah, got yeah.
0: up. This is there true. You, go. you um, can just blame it on yeah. that. I just Katie, I never know what day it is, ever. And I, I thought today was the 29th, even though on this very podcast I said it's the 28th. Uh, it's, I, I, it's a problem. So it's yeah, true. the Raptors played the heat tomorrow night, not tonight. Sorry for that error early on, but we've re- corrected it within this the show. So we don't even have to run a correction later, which is beautiful. Uh, Katie, thank you so much. Uh, speaking of running corrections, go read Katie's story in the Toronto star. There's no corrections in that one. That's just a newspaper thing that happens. I was trying to draw some sort of segue. It wasn't very good. Thank Katie, <laughs> uh, anything else you want to plug at all? <laughs>
2: Um, no, I mean I'll plug our show, uh, basketball. I thought we had a pretty funny episode this week. Um, and I will plug basketball feelings, um, basketballfeelings.com. Nikaias Duncas wow, Nikaias Duncus, he's gonna love that. Nikaias Duncan was my guest this past week. Um, and we had a great, 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 great conversation. So you can find that at Basketball Feelings as well.
0: Excellent. Nikaias Dunkus is his like, uh, <laughs> Poor Greek Nikias. hero name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's the god of dunks. Uh- <laughs> uh, anyway, you can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to this podcast for free on all your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube. We went over 1,500 subs this week, which is really cool. Let's push towards 2,000 now and go juice those numbers up. Uh, you can also uh, find all the, the Lockdown shows covering all your favorite teams. you got Lockdown Leafs covering the Leafs as they continue on there season of NHL hockey playing uh, and a whole bunch more. That's a weird way to say that. Uh, they're playing that NHL hockey, aren't they? Um, anyway, go make your second <laughs> listen of the day. Locked on bets. It's a championship weekend in the NFL playoffs. And your boy Q and Lee Sterling have you covered as they tee up all the action this weekend, all the props, all the totals, all the player lines, everything. I don't know gambling lingo very well, but they do. So go listen to Locked on bets wherever you get your podcast. And that will do it. We'll talk to you again on Monday with a recap of Saturday's game against the Miami Heat, apparently, and a whole bunch. More and uh, we'll leave that into the final week before the deadline. It'll be a good time. Talk to you Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye bye.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music.